All right, good morning. Welcome to City Harbor Church. Let's pray and ask God for help as we turn to the scripture this morning. Lord, I thank you so very much uh, for this sweet awareness of your presence that we have in this place this morning. Lord, that on a day that's going to feel like 100 degrees, we can be in this place that's quite a bit cooler, but with a manifest awareness of your presence. We can be in this place and be aware of a peace that is a miracle in the middle of the life we're in. I thank you for that. I thank you that not a single one of us needs to come before you today on our own merit, but through your son, Jesus Christ, we have a right to come asking for your forgiveness, cleansed, made clean, made right in you. Lord, that regardless of where our thoughts or our emotions are today, if we're repentant and if we humbly follow you and receive your forgiveness, we are clean. We are new. We are whole. That there is not one of us that is worth more than another, more valuable than another. That not even how we are feeling about ourselves changes our value in your sight. I thank you that you love us. I thank you for the words of Jesus. I thank you that Lord Jesus leads us for our benefit. And so today we open the scriptures and ask you to lead us and help us. God, sometimes we've got hard heads and we're distracted. We need help. Bring us to attention today to your word. Let it be life to it, us. Let it be sweet to our taste. And help us to understand it. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 37. I'm going to start a series this morning called Server. Server. We're going to take a look at that. And Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 33 through verse 37. I'll have it on the screen as well. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they'd been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. Jesus has made it possible for us to come to Him. Jesus has made it possible for us to be changed by Him. When we experience stress, when we experience fear, when we experience anxiety, when we experience pride or self-reliance, we have moved from an awareness of our salvation. I want to start by calling our attention to your salvation. 
You're saved. You're made clean. You're made new. Your life is changed through Jesus. Not based on how you did this week. I'm thankful for that. Rebecca and Charlotte are out of town. Getting lunch together for me and my son. And trying to do a couple other things at the same time. I sit down and I get halfway through my lunch and I realize I forgot to make you a sandwich. (laughs) That's embarrassing. I'm so glad that I don't come to Father God today based on how my week was. It's Jesus. That has got to bring about a life change on the inside of you. And before we talk about this topic, we can't look at this topic without first saying, I'm saved, I'm different, I'm new. My life must be lived out of a thankful love response to God. We are dissatisfied, defrauded, discouraged, and stressed fearful or pridefully self-reliant when we have stepped aside from our salvation. Oh, don't live there. Right? Now, that's the context of this conversation. And in this conversation, I love what Jesus is doing. Remember, everything about Jesus reveals to us something about God. And here God uses a teachable moment when they've done something that they were ashamed of, right? They were arguing on the, on the road about which of them was the greatest. No one in this room would do that. But that's what they were doing. Those people, right? They were ashamed of it. And did Jesus like browbeat them? No. Did Jesus lecture them? No. He had a teachable moment and in a humble and a kind way he stated the truth and then he brought a child into the middle, right? And I don't think that because Jesus touched the child, the child was suddenly perfect and had a little halo like we see in some paintings, right? The child was a child. And Jesus begins to bring some instruction about the kingdom of God and what relating to God is really like. Because you see, the kingdom of God and relating to God is an upside down, inside out kind of thing. from the way that the world naturally does things, from the way that human nature naturally does things. If you were going to start your own religion and you had no exposure to Jesus Christ and the Scripture, I would not be surprised if, even though you all are amazing, wonderful people, nine out of ten of you would not come up with this. You've got to be right to be a better person. Right? We would come up with stuff like that. Don't do this, do that. Right? But Jesus is saying, whoever among you wants to be first, you need to be the servant of all. So out of a love response to him, and I do believe that Jesus is addressing their heart issue, which was exposed by their conversation. Right? Out of the... Remember that verse, right? Right? Out of the mouth, the heart speaks. 
I do believe that Jesus is addressing their heart issue, but I also believe that he is teaching a theological truth about the kingdom of God that is important to how you look at everything that you do in your life. And I believe this is an essential key to this church growing and to you and your connection with God becoming a thriving, life-changing thing that actually affects how you live tomorrow. This principle right here. Whoever among you wants to be first must be the servant of all. Everything that you do, even your sleep, your work, your paying bills, everything that you do can be done with this motive, with this heartbeat, and in this manner. Whether you are leading, whether you are telling a child to stop doing that, whatever it is that you're doing, you can do it as a servant. Am I making any sense? Mark chapter 10. If you're there, we'll go next chapter over. Mark chapter 10, excuse me, verses 43 through 45. Mark 10, 43 through 45. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man which is what Jesus used to describe himself and Mark referred to often because a theme of Mark's gospel is the humanity of Christ. Okay, For even the Son of Man, referring to himself, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is saying, I came not for you to serve me, I came to serve you and to give my life as a ransom for many. This is, we got to pay attention. Jesus is describing his purpose, right? He's making it crystal clear. And he's saying, you know, hey, you want to be like me? And I think that not all of us here in this room would necessarily say that, if we're honest. But a lot of us would call ourselves Christian. Do you know that calling yourself a Christian is saying that you are living to try to be like Jesus? That's what that really means. So, well, let's, let's look at what Paul said about this because I think it's relevant. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. You don't have to turn there. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says this, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you're his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. This is Paul actually rephrasing, restating what Jesus had said, Mark chapter 10, 43 and 45 that we just read. He's saying, hey, listen, and remember this is in this letter, it's just people to just, just people just like us lived in a city that had all kind of problems, economic problems, earthquakes, wars, racial tension and riots. The Ephesus had all of those problems. He's writing to people in that situation. And, and remember when he says you, it's the plural, plural all y'all. He's saying, imitate God, all y'all, in everything you do because you're his children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. We are to follow Jesus, imitate Jesus. It's what we're instructed to do. Now, as a part 
of our new name and description, City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus, I want to introduce to you and get you more familiar with a phrase, live love. Live love. Or as you see on the screen, a little bit more full, live like Jesus, share his love. So how do we do this? How do, how do we do this whole Jesus following thing in our individual lives? How do we do this together as a spiritual family? How do we do this wherever it is that God has sent us out in the city, out in these homes? I believe that what we're talking about here is an essential part to the how. But if we don't start with the what, with what the gospel, with the good news means in your life, then all this is going to be dry and terrible. Right? And we're going to do it for the wrong motives. It's going to be jacked out and they're just going to be repenting again, right? But the other thing is, if we're here and like, man, I'm not trying to be the leader. I'm just trying to make it to heaven by the hair of my chinny chin chin. <laughs> Listen, I've felt that way. I know that some of you might not want to admit it, but you're feeling that way today. So I don't want to get another lesson. I'm just trying to survive. I get it. That's why we did everything we did before this moment. And I want to say to you now, as your friend and your pastor, some of the pain and some of the selfishness and discouragement and challenges that you're facing, you're actually facing because you've had an inward focus and you've been selfish. And if you can turn to an outward focus and focus on others more, some of the circumstances you've been going through, some of the physical ailments you're going through, some of the bills you're going through, that would all change. That's a hard pill, and I'm, I'm not going to step on your toes more, but that's an important explanation because this principle is true. When I sit down with people that are happy, that are people that I want to be like, like their state of being, I find that they're generally others-focused. So this morning, as we turn to just a couple more scriptures and then some application. What, I, what I'm talking about this morning is the attitude of a server. I should have chosen a different color shirt because this towel looks kind of not very white. The attitude of a server. So we're going to talk about the attitude of a server, the words of a server, and the actions of a server in this series. And today we're talking about the heart issue, the attitude of the server. See, I can, I can put on whatever my server uniform is, right? And dress like a server and walk to show up to my server job. This, this requires a little more of what's going on in my heart and my attitude. Because if my attitude is, that looks a little different, right? Right? I want to talk about the heart, the heart of a server, the attitude of a server. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. If you've been in this church any length of time, you've heard this, but I think it's worth hearing again. I'll have it on the screen for you as well. Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to read the first 11 verses. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? 
then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Paul is laying out in saying that we should follow Christ, Christ's servant attitude. Jesus himself, who was there when God said, let there be light. Jesus himself, who was there when God carved the depth of the oceans, of which we still discover new species every time we go down. God who carved the height of the mountains. Jesus was there, yet he chose humility for us. And that's not just to be some lofty, amazing thing that we just worship and then walk away from, but it is to be something that we are to emulate, to choose to think of others more than ourselves. I like the way that Eugene Peterson, who was a pastor in this area, did his paraphrase in the message of Romans chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. I'll put it on the screen for you. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. The heart of a server the attitude of a server. So let's do a quick Q&A just to make sure that we're understanding this. Somebody talked to me, what is the opposite of the attitude of a server? What's the opposite? Yes. Right? Bragging, wanting to be in charge, wanting to be a taskmaster. Yeah, absolutely. What else? What's the opposite of the attitude of a server? Someone who takes? Absolutely. What's that? Greed. Greed. Yeah. 
Absolutely. What else? What's the opposite of the attitude of a server? Yeah, somebody who wants acknowledgement, glory, fame. Mm-hmm. Me first. Gimme. Right? Selfishness, right? We see in all of our toddlers who are amazing, <laughs> amazing and wonderful and yet all humans. Right? So if we see the same attitude in a toddler, in an adult, is that an attractive thing? No. Why? Because if we're becoming more like God, right? We're, when we're born into this world as infants, you notice we're born with clenched fists. When we die, we pass from this earth. We die with open hands. Life is not just the process of letting go. It's the process of giving. And if we're maturing, we should be giving. Other, Not me first. Right? Not I'm the best. I'm better than you. Not I'm more important than you. Do you think that any of our current events from terrorism to police brutality to murdering of police officers to the Republican and Democratic parties. Do you think any of those would be different if every human had the opposite of a me-first attitude or I'm more important than you? So, so what does the attitude of a server look like? What does it look like? Humble, yes, Right? And humility is not, oh, I'm, look at me, I'm bad, I'm, look at all my faults. I mean, no one can make better fun of Ben Malman than me. Like, I know all the stuff, like, and I'm really good at self-deprecating humor. Humility is not self-deprecating humor. Humility is knowing who you are. And not thinking that you're better than another person, more valuable than. Right? Knowing who you are in the eyes of God. What else? What does the attitude of a server look like? The sorry? Focused on the needs of others. Yeah, focused on the needs of others. Yeah. Aware of them, asking questions, listening, taking that in. What else? Patience. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. My dad would say patience with immaturity is a sign of maturity. Patience. That's a good one. What else? The attitude of a server. Exactly. Doing it for the sake of doing it as opposed to doing it for what you'd get a reward, what you'd get in turn. That's really good. Really one of the important ways we look at selfishness is a hook, right? And love doesn't work when we approach each other with hooks for what I can get out of you. If I love you for what I can get out of you, that's not God kind of love, that's manipulation. Dorothy? Uh, a servant has a Lord. So part of servanthood is serving to Lord. Yeah. And so sometimes when I read the scripture that says uh, Jesus bore all this the joy that was before him, sometimes I think that joy that was before him was his father saying, well done. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. A shared love. And every servant has a Lord. And one thing that people don't want to talk about in our culture today is lordship. You're not going to build a big church with an event where you talk about the lordship of Jesus. 
Well, Americans want to be in control. Right? Right? So the attitude of a server. So an attitude of a server, God has created me and others by design with great value and purpose to be loved and respected. Let me say that again. The attitude of a server is God has created me and others by design with great value and purpose to be loved and respected. Brian, why don't you come up here? So I want to talk about how do we do this? And this first one is a little bit less specific than actions and words because we're talking about the attitude, right? So how do we do this? How do we grow in this area of our life? Well, my attitude... It has a lot to do with what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And if I'm going to have the attitude of a server towards Brian, what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling, okay, is going to be different than, hey, I want you to play bass on Sundays. Right? When I see him, when I think about him, when I'm, I'm not going to be thinking about what I can get out of him. Are you with me? When I look at Brian, I'm going to be thinking and feeling something along the lines of God created him by design. God designed Brian. Brian. And when I think about him, when I ask him a question, when I listen to him, whether he's telling me a story about getting bucked off a horse or having an encounter with a shark... I'm thinking about recent stories. I'm thinking about, and my feelings, I'm not focused on myself and what I'm going to say next. Right? I'm listening to him because this is a joyful encounter. Because this is a person who is just as wonderful and majestic and mysterious as a mountain. He's not, he's not very large or shaped like a mountain, but the same God who carved the crevices and the detail and put the elevation where the snow can fall in the sun and where the trees grow to a certain point and then they stop, right? I mean, he's still got hair, but I'm thinking about, right? This is a person that God has created with value, with design, who is to be loved and to be respected. So when I approach him, when I use words, when I take action, they should reflect that in my heart, what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling is that in part, I am called to serve him. Did you notice those verses other were like all y'all, right? I'm called to serve him. And one day in heaven, and this is what I believe is taught in the Bible, we will recognize each other. Now we might not, we might, there might be no more male or female, Jew nor Greek, but we will recognize each other and we will have memories. And so when I think and I feel about Brian here on earth, I am thinking also about the fact that someday we will be in glory together and we will remember how we treated each other. Now there will be forgiveness, there will be healing for those things that have not been done, but my caution, my self-control is based on the fact that God created this to be a wonderful person. Design Brian the way that Brian is. Now, that helps me also take in that not everybody that Brian has interacted with in his life has seen that. (laughs) That not everybody has treated him that way. 
right? And so if Brian stabs at me, which he doesn't do, but if he hangs up on me, which I don't think you do, if he answers me, texts in weird ways, which he does sometimes, the um, my response is always with, this is somebody who is valuable, and this is somebody who's not always been treated as valuable. Now, are you starting to get how what's going on inside my heart towards him should be different? Now, some of us have, we have codependency issues. Some of us have lust issues. Some of us have control and manipulation issues. Some of us have like, I need to feel better about myself, so I'm going to put other people down. If I'm starting to think like this, I can spend less energy on, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Right? Because now there's a, there's a purity in how I'm seeing and how I'm thinking. And then Brian is aware when he comes into my home when I'm distracted. He's told me. He's, he's aware in subtle, subtle ways, respectful ways. He's told me. Brian is also aware when in my heart is the attitude of a server. Right? So do you think that when I have the attitude of a server on, that our interaction is going to be different? I'm carrying the presence of the Lord into the room in a, in a way that honors Jesus. And when I carry that into the room, it's different. It's different. There's a change. Are you with me? Now think about how if you carry that into your interactions with your neighbors, your fellow employees, your boss, and your spouse. Whoa. That's a change. Thank you. Valuable Brian. Thank you. Valuable Ben. <laughs> so does that, does that help make sense? Now how do we do this because this sounds impossible. I'm glad you asked. The scripture on the screen, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 23. Ephesians, oh, I went over time. I apologize. Ephesians 4, verse 23. Let the Spirit renew, or literally in the Greek, make new. Let the Holy Spirit make new your thoughts and your attitudes. So real quick, in closing, I'll give you this suggestion. You see on the screen, you can snap with your camera phone if you want to make quicker. Begin your day by acknowledging your need for God and the value of others in your life. Write down one word representing where you need God's help to see this today. Thank God for your life and opportunities today. Ask God for help in serving others. That's how you can begin your day. That, that's how you can bring God into your situation, into what you're thinking, into what you're feeling. Okay, you ready for the next one? You got it, Keith? Each day, thank God for the people you encounter before or after seeing them. Now, last week, previous weeks, we've gone over some of these scriptures that talk about this. It is really helpful to thank God for even the stinkers. Even the people that you don't want to be around. Right? Our upstairs neighbor this morning, when he saw me come into the building, he blasted highway to hell. He like planted a speaker in the wall so you could like hear it. And I laughed. I thought, this guy's kind of funny. He's got a good sense of humor. You thank God for everybody. You thank God for the ones that sell your guitars. 
in a way they should. Right? Thank God for it. And then end your day by thanking God for your life and the good that others brought into your life that day. How a pause, a moment of reflection about the good things. The good things that others brought into your life that day. Ask God for help in letting go of your frustrations. And ask God to bless the people that you saw today. I have found that when I'm trying to process anger or frustration or disappointment with people, that when I pray to God for them and I thank God for them and I ask God to bless them, that my emotions change. You can do that even when you don't feel like it, especially when you don't feel like it. Start with saying the words and then repeat them until you feel change, which normally happens after you mean it. So let's close, and here's a prayer. Uh, we uh, Stand with me, please, and let's close with this prayer this morning. Thank you for allowing me a few extra minutes this morning. So I'll read this, and then I'll close in prayer. Lord, please help me to be more aware of the people you have put in my life. Please help me faithfully love them, help them, and be a faithful display of your love for them. Thank you for this opportunity today. God, I thank you so very much that Jesus truly leads us for our benefit, that if we will move in this direction, it will be better for us. Our life will be better. Our head space will be better. Our heart space will be better. And our world will be better. I thank you for it. Lord, this is a challenge because in our sin nature, we're selfish. And so God, we repent for where we're wrong. We receive your forgiveness and we ask for your help. Help us to live with the heart, the attitude of a server. Lord, let this week be different because of it. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.